Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hi guys, welcome back to the MVM show. I'm Titus and I have a good friend on today. He's been on before, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting. Good morning, Elliot. Hey Titus, thanks for having me on. It's good to have you. I'm I'm a little bit on the struggle bus this morning with uh, my brain. Been fighting a little bit of <clears throat> cold or something, so I think that NyQuil from last night got my head rattled a little bit. But here we are, we're ready to get started. And you guys sent a lot of questions in. Um, I know, Elliot, you asked questions on Instagram, and I did too. In fact, Elliot, that's not even from uh, Facebook. <clears throat> so I'll probably maybe do a separate episode for you guys answering your questions there from Facebook on the MVM Show podcast group there. So we'll stick to these, and we'll go through the ones that could kind of go for both of us. I think we'll start out with this one, Elliot, which is, I think, a good question for both of us, and you go ahead and reply to this response to this first and by the way guys we are doing a podcast marathon <laughs> we started gave a phone call this morning around close a little after seven and uh said hey let's let's do this for about we're gonna start with four hours <clears throat> so we're just gonna bounce between my podcast this will not be a four hour long podcast but we're gonna go back and forth between each other so you guys make sure to check out elliot Elliot's podcast, The North American Waterfowler. I love that name. And uh, Elliot, before we ask this first question, why don't you tell them what you got going on with your um, with your app too? Can you can you kind of give us an update sure. on that? I know we've talked about that in prior episodes. Right. So um, I started um, an app slash website called Freelance Hunt Stats. I started around 2016. And the idea came from an old spreadsheet that my dad and I shared and i had made this excel spreadsheet just to do everything you would log in your hunt um, how many shells you shot the weather um, how many birds you shot the different species and it would kick out statistics to you so as the year went on you could watch so this is about how many birds i'm averaging per hunt these are the types of birds i shot um all all of those types of types of numbers and in 2016 i decided i wanted to have it developed into a website slash app so i've been working on that since 2016 and this year we're making massive massive 
updates and upgrades. So I'm just about ready to push it out. We're changing the name over to the North American Waterfowler, although the Freelance Hunt Stats website's freelancehuntstats.com or just Hunt Stats in the App Store right now. That that'll still be active, but we're changing changing it over to officially the North American Waterfowler. And just tons of updates. So this year you'll be able to add pictures for each of your hunts. You'll be able to add your dog, add your dog's pictures. So we're tracking retrieves. Um, there's a fun little leaderboard system in there. It's just, it's, it's a really, really unique and exciting way to track all of your waterfowl fun. And I mean, during the off season, I just go through and play with it and, and look at all of my historical numbers and you can actually join with friends. So like I can go in and look at how Titus did last year. I can't yeah. see Titus's locations because um, I don't let people see other people's locations, but I can look at his numbers and, and there's just, there's so much you can do with this thing. Yeah. And I concur. I mean, I, I love it. Um, I don't know how long have I been using Elliot? Three, well, I think years. three years. Yeah. I think you had an account, but I think you actively have been tracking two. I know you've tracked, Everything two for sure. Two years, if not yeah. three. Yeah. yeah, I think I did on the third. Maybe I thought I did, but yeah, there might. I know there's two solid years in there, but I love it. I'm a big promoter of it, but I'm an analytical guy. I like stats, numbers. I like to see things, and I think as a duck hunter, to make yourself better, I think you should do that anyways. Because I mean, if you want to be successful down the road, you know, it's one of those things like. Maybe it doesn't pay off the first, second, or third year, but what about seven, eight years from now when you see the history? Because I personally believe, I don't have it documented, but I have it in the old memory bank that birds are very historical too Mm -hmm. when it comes to timelines and times of years for certain areas. Um, But like I said, I can only base it off of what I've watched, just not on paper. But, you know, a few more years of documenting like I do, I definitely can prove it to people, you know? So, yeah, a- absolutely. So you, you create your own hunt locations. So you don't put them on any kind of mapping system. You just name them and you can name them whatever you want. The way that I do it is in the state, we have different complexes and there are marshes within the complexes. So let's say there was a complex called Beaver Reservoir. I would have Beaver Reservoir dash name of the marsh. So if I go in through the filter system, I can look at Beaver Reservoir Marsh A, Marsh B, Marsh C, Marsh D, right? And so you can sort it. You can checkbox all of those and hit filter, and you will see only the numbers from Beaver Reservoir. Mm -hmm. So uh, September and October, I travel to the central western part of the state, and then the the rest of the year, I kind of hunt more around here. So I can filter and see what are my all of my numbers and data um, at Beaver Reservoir, and then I can see what are all of my data and numbers at a different reservoir and compare them Mm -hmm. and see exactly what my success success rates are by complex or marsh by marsh by marsh and that that's one of my very favorite tools is just comparing um different complexes and also various marshes there's some places at my favorite hometown marsh that in my mind i'm way more successful at than when i actually look at it i look at i'm like dang there's one place i love i hunt a lot i only average two birds a hunt there I'm like, man, it, I always felt like I did way better there, hmm. you know, but, and there's another complex that's literally a mile and a half away that I averaged 3.5 birds at. Hmm. And, and so you can look at those and then you can sort it by wind. And I can say, well, on South days, I do better at this place, you know, but like I said, it, it takes a little time to build up, to build up the data, to be able to see those things. But you can actually, you can go in and sort by Kansas or whatever state 
and everyone's stats on the site will show up. Now, it will not show individual people, and it won't show their locations, but you right. can say, okay, this is how many hunts were logged in California. This is what the average bird per hunt is in California. These are the types of birds people are hunting in California. These are how do people in California do on north winds with sunny days and 10 degrees. I mean, so the, the filter system is endless. I mean, you could get on there and play with it for hours and just check different things. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I've done that myself too. Um, uh, I'm really excited about you having the track and the retrieves from your dog. Yeah. Me and the pictures too. Both those things were huge requests. Yeah. People want to be able to input pictures of their hunts and they want dog retrieves. And so that's, that's what we're adding. The update is going to be pushed out. Like, I mean, we are so, so close. Um, it definitely by the end of July, it, the updates will be, made i'm hoping even within the next couple of weeks i just have a couple little pieces to tie together with the developer before we push it out because is it still called freelance hunt stats right right okay. if you go to the app store it's still freelance hunt stats all the graphics are all the same we haven't we haven't pushed any of the new stuff but we had a professional designer go in and overall the whole thing so in fact i used so a bunch of your pictures, um, you let me use mm -hmm. some of them. I used Phil, some Phil Conkey's pictures and some of your pictures. Now, those pictures, you have to be using the desktop version to see because the bigger screen. When you go to the app, um, you don't see all of the Titus pictures. But if you go to the web, and the two are connected. So if you log a hunt on the website, it shows up on the app. They're like, they're simultaneous. But all of the pictures that you gave me are, you can view them. It'd be freelancehuntstats.com. And then soon it'll be the North, the North American waterfowler.com. But both, both websites are going to be, I mean, both addresses are going to point to the same thing. So we're not, not going to go away from it. Right. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so if they have the hunt stats app, cause if you guys look it up in the Apple, uh, app store, and yeah, you guys just put in, stats. yeah, just put in hunt stats. That'll pull up. It'll show kind of a mallard come in from, uh, right to left, Orange, orange background. square. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that will, when that updates, it will update that too. Yep. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So guys go do, I mean, if you're interested in that, go check it out and download it. It's trust me. I, I, it's worth your time. I will promote it all day long. I think it's wise to do that, especially when, you know, down the road you have, wow, I got 10 years of logged info here. This is, it's kind of priceless in my opinion. Yeah. So it is. And we haven't even talked about the leaderboard, which we don't need to go into, but there's a fun little leaderboard system where you can go in and see how you stack up in your state or in the country. And as far as each, each duck has a point value assigned to it, which we've yeah. had a lot of haggling back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so if you shoot a mallard Drake, that's worth five points. If you shoot a mallard hen, it's worth two points and, and so on. And so it's a fun little, fun little game system just to kind of measure up against your friends for fun. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> exactly. So check that out. <clears throat> and then again, remind me on the, the site, does the site name going to change too? Because you can't go look yep. at that right now, right? You cannot look at the new version right now. Um, now, by the time this comes out, I, I mean, we are literally days. I'm hoping with the, when you're working with developers, you sometimes you think it's days and it actually turns into weeks. But we are so, so close to yeah. rolling out the all of the change. Now, the functionality is I mean, there's going to be some new additions, but the base functionality is the same. But it's it looks so much prettier. My wife, who's a children's book illustrator in 2016, designed that because I just didn't have the money for it. Now we've had a professional designer, so the the really cool looking site's going to come out mm -hmm. here real soon. And that's when it'll be the north. You'll see the North American Water Valor and 
and but you can still find it on freelancehuntstats.com. Even when we roll out the new stuff, you'll be able to put in freelancehuntstats.com and find it. Oh, and it'll still pull up the new yeah. version. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of yeah. need that for a while, huh? As it transitions. Right, because there's so many users that just you know. I think most people use the app, but um, and the way I do it is when I'm out hunting, I use the app. If I'm home, I pull it up on my computer because gotcha. it's just it's, a, it's better, prettier on the computer than it's on the phone. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's get into the first question. And um, Nate Richardson Outdoors on Instagram asks, "How do you find the time to make content between work, family, church, etc.? And just tips for time management." So I think. I don't think we want to ask this, like, just dial it in to making content. We can answer that. You can answer that question, too. But just time management in general, I think, as, you know, men and maybe the women that listen to this, how how are you doing that, Elliot? Like, between family, church, hunting, right. content, What's what do you find yeah. that works best? Well, if you are thinking about making content, but you're not passionate about doing it, then you might as well not even start. Um, if you, I don't know about you, for me, if I'm motivated in some, with something, I love to do it. I'm passionate about it. it, I'm going to do it. If I, if I'm like, well, I like the idea of having a podcast or I like the idea of filming my hunts, but I hate the editing side of it, then you're probably not, it's not going to stick long term. I mean, for me, I've got my family, my job, um, church and duck hunting. And so if I'm not at work or at church or, um, I mean, if I'm home, I'm with my family. I'm sitting on the couch and I'm editing and my wife's sitting in the same room. And so it's just what I love to do. So we don't watch much TV until like about eight o'clock at night Mm. because we're just not TV watchers. So it's like instead of consuming those other types of media, I prefer to be editing, working on the podcast stuff. It's just what I like to do. It's it's other than those things it's just a priority in my life because i love doing it it's fun and it takes it takes the place for me of all those other things i don't right. have a lot of other hobbies other than d- duck hunting and producing content are basically my my two things so if i'm not doing those things then i'm doing the other you know wife church family and there, yeah. there's just enough time if, if you love it there's enough time if you don't really love it you it's gonna you're gonna struggle yeah how do you um how do you have you ever sat there and thought about if you didn't have yes. podcasts and YouTube? How what would you do with all that time? I don't honestly. I don't know because I love being on. Quite honestly, I love being on the couch. Um, I, I need my downtime, and I'm like, what would I be doing? Well, I've got one video game I play. I play Rocket League, and so I'd probably be doing more of that and more of watching YouTube. And I mean, what's more productive with my time? Right. Yeah. You know. I, my wife and I talked about this a long time when we got married. When it comes to technology, you don't want to be a consumer. You want to be a producer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if all you're doing is consuming social media and consuming technology, I don't want to be in that place. I want to be a creator. I want to be producing. It's just it's it's better for your mind. And don't get me wrong. I watch YouTube videos and I, I get on Instagram and all that. But it's like. I want to be creative in it and to be be creating stuff. I don't just want to be consuming. So to answer your question, I think I would be more of a consumer than a creator. And I'd rather be creating it than just sitting and consuming it. So that's how I think I'd be filling my time is, is consuming. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say that, like people that are very successful in business, like in order to do that, you've got to be the producer, right? You Instead of the mm-hmm. consumer. And I 100% agree. And I think there's times 
during the year that I am being the consumer when I should be the producer. And there's right. like, if, Elliot, if we sit there and think about how much stuff we could do with Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, right. podcast, it's endless. Like, yeah, we could do five times more than we do. And we see people doing it. Right. And there's, I mean, from the outside, it looks like they're su successful. I don't know truly yeah. what they do, but I thought that so many times, like, man, there's so much more I could do, but I guess the part of me is just like, oh, I don't, I'm already busy enough as it is, but I'm like, man, if I took away that consumption time that I'm spending on these other things, yeah, man, where would I be right now? You know? Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree. I get up sometimes in the morning and I'll spend a couple hours playing rocket league. And if I get in a habit of doing that, I'm like, man, I'm so much less productive when I'm mm -hmm. just <clears throat> consuming like that. I will encourage your listeners this way. I, if you want to create, create you don't have to be some type of creative mastermind mm. i am not i'm not like if you just say creating cinematic video titus is light years better than me in that aspect i'm just an ordinary guy that's passionate about creating stuff so mm. the stuff that i put out is is not the most cinematic it's not the most just fantastically dramatic stuff but i love doing it and if if you love creating you want to create you don't have to be like a top end Right. Um, like creator, like you see on advertisements where they're using $10,000 cameras and everything is so right. perfect and lighting's just right. You don't have to be that. It's fun to, to create and to produce. And, and YouTube, what YouTube really wants these days is a relationship with you anyway. So it's not even, not even that important that you're like top of the game as far as production value, you know, mm -hmm. so just go do it. Just start, just start creating. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, <clears throat> what I would say to answer this question is is it can be tough at times for me personally because um I feel like sometimes when I'm at home if if I'm not at work and I'm doing stuff here, doing content and I'm very heavily involved in my church mm -hmm. and active there, so you got that responsibility and that's a big responsibility and then you got your family, which is number one. So right. it's like, I find myself sometimes when I am at home, um, I've, you, I've heard the term before you're absent. So like an absent father, like you're home, but you're not right. at home because your brain's not there. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So I do find out sometimes when the girls come in my office and they want to ask me something or talk to me or whatever, like sometimes maybe I just don't fully like I'm looking at them, but I don't hear what they're saying. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And that's not a good place. Yeah. I don't like being in that because later on the road, down the road, like say the next day I'm driving out of town to work and now I'm not around them. I'm like, what a dummy. Like, Think why weren't you it. listening to like really listening to what they're saying? Like not just, yeah. Okay. Shallowly listening, but you're yeah. like grasping what they're saying. You're really focusing on eye contact and paying attention. Like, I beat myself up a lot about that because I do know that I have a problem with that and I don't like that, you know, so. So let me, let me ask you this question. Has your wife ever had to kind of redirect you in that area? Sometimes she don't really say much and I'd probably be better off if she did. She has a few times when I'm like, sir, you've got to like, you got to, if you see me doing that, please tell me, you know, and when I do that, she will. And sometimes I don't like it when she finally does. But then I tell her, I'm glad you said something, you know, like, you're right. right. I wasn't, I wasn't really paying attention or. It's hard the moment they say it. Because in the moment. Our pride, yeah. our pride and our selfishness blocks uh -huh. it. And then as it sinks in, you can, you can take it in a little better, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's something I think I'm always just going to have to work on because I'm a very, like... Um, this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. How do I explain that? I don't even know what I am considered what you would call me, but like, let's say if I'm, if I'm doing something, I think what it is is sometimes I'm not very flexible. I think that's my problem. So mm-hmm. once I get on a track and get the train rolling, like I'm hyper focus, I hyper focus. And then right. when stuff comes in the way, it's just, I'm passing right by it and I don't even see it, you know? And, yeah. and it's not, it's not, it could be good. It could be good. It could be bad. I guess it just depends on how you steer it. But yeah, I will say I was, I just got back from an eight day stay out at Flatlander Kennels, mm-hmm. which I've got a secondary podcast called the flatlander kennels podcast with chris jobman that i'm the producer on it's all about dog training so Mm -hmm. you guys are dog guys go check that out but i spent eight days out there um and i got back and i had so much content that i was so motivated to get through um and and to edit and after about a day and a half of being home my wife she did such a fantastic job at this she pulled me aside and she's she was basically like um you know i i know you want to do all this stuff and i want you to do it but i I feel like I'm not quite getting your attention that I want. And it was, the way she handled it was so fantastic. But it was just, she's every now and then she's got to redirect me a little bit to be mm-hmm. like, hey, me, me, remember me, remember me. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah, it's it's hard because you just get so into something and you, just, you know, in your mind just is like, oh, I got this content. I want to do this. I want to do that. And right. So if you have the right relationship and the right wife, they can love him. And if you're open to it, yeah. Wives can really help direct you sometimes yeah. in a loving way. See, and that's another thing. <clears throat> that's why it's, it actually takes both of us because she has a channel 
two, she hasn't maybe a couple quite not quite a couple years, but she's grown her channel a lot faster than I grew mine. She's like at twenty, I think twenty two thousand or something like nice. that. Nice. But she Elliot, she's constantly she gets anywhere between ten and fifty thousand views every single video and she drops one every single week and it's year round. Oh, wow. Nice. I, <clears throat> she'll be all depressed like I'm only a seven out of a 10. It's only at 10,000 views in two days. I'm like, my Lord, if I, if every time I made a video <clears throat> got those kind of views, I would mm -hmm. never be bummed ever. Like, you know, but she, I guess she sets herself high expectations. But the reason I brought that up is now she's focusing hard on doing that too. So right. the kids are in the middle now. You know what I mean? So, what's her channel name? Shout out her channel name because I know my wife loves Titus's wife's channel. So, if you have girlfriends or wives, and yeah, you can get them onto this channel. What's the name of it? Yeah, Sarah's October <laughs> Home. So, it's mainly like, sh and she does antiquing or she does remodel. Like, if we do remodel, well, I do remodeling. If I do remodeling in the house or whatever, she's kind of filming that. It's kind of like vlogs. I most. Uh, seems like most women really like it and stuff. And Sarah's actually pretty good on camera and talking. That's kind of a really good voice for it. Just calming kind of. Yes. Calming, peaceful. Yeah. But like I was telling you beforehand, you need to knock it off on that channel. Cause my wife will be watching it. Look what <laughs> job Titus is doing around the house. Uh -huh. Like knock it off Titus. <laughs> Little do they know that Titus is over there in the corner grumbling about all the work he's doing. <laughs> so yeah. You're setting just, the bar too high. Titus. Yeah. Knock it off. Right. <laughs> well, that's what I was telling you this morning. I said, I'm trying to figure out a, a way to relate to Sarah how much I do not like doing that stuff. <laughs> and I finally clicked in my head this morning. I was taking my vitamins before this podcast. I thought, okay, I got it. So when she gets up this morning in a nice, loving, loving way, even though I know it's not going to change anything, I'm just going to say, hey, just <laughs> so you know, how you feel about duck hunting, like not wanting to go, don't want nothing to do with it. Yeah, hey, go have your fun, but I'm not in to go. That's exactly how I feel about doing all this <laughs> model stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of re it's rewarding when you're done, right? And I think right. getting Sarah out there, she would love it. But, she, I mean, I don't think she would just like, oh, I want to go every time now. But she would be like, okay, this is fun. Because Sarah's kind of like that. Yeah. Like, just getting her out of the house sometimes is, can be a chore. But once we're out, she's like, she's fun. She has fun. We have fun. Like, we're going to go. Actually, speaking of family and just managing all this stuff, like, so I kind of have, I work quite a bit, especially in the off season. Like, I <coughs> I do a lot of overtime all the way up till duck season. And that's the other thing that kind of bums me out. I was like, okay, now that I'm not duck hunting, doing all that stuff, great time to do family stuff. Kids are out of school, and then I find myself working a lot more. And it's just like a vicious cycle, you know. And so <clears throat> with – I'm not doing the crop dusting as much. They just don't need the help, which is kind of unfortunate. It's just better money, and I'm home every day. But mm -hmm. um, I'm doing more overtime with the MetaFlight. And what's cool about the Air Methods company I work for, they have bases – all over the United States. I think there's only two states that don't have. Remember, I've I've even come and visited you, Elliot, because I was on a work work trip mm. or whatever. So, <clears throat> anyways, we're gonna go. We're actually gonna be going to Northern California. They're going with me, and I'm on night shift. So, I got the whole day from like eight to eight um, nice. to be with them. We're gonna take. I'm actually gonna take the boat with me. 
our pro drive with me, and we're going to go up there, and we're going to go to some lakes. We'll probably watch a fireworks show um, while we're up there. Cause we'll oh, be so up that's there. this weekend. This yeah. weekend you're going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be up there for like four days. We're, at, we're up in the mountains, like 4,200 feet. Um, mm -hmm. We're just... I don't know. We're just going to do all kinds of stuff. There's some good places to go eat. There, we'll maybe do some hikes up in the mountains. Like I, I might even fish a little bit too. The girls love to fish, so it's yeah. it's going to be. I'm actually. We're all looking forward to it just to be away from everything and just spend some time together. You know, that'd be so, awesome. Just gotta. It's just <clears throat> the Bible speaks of moderation. That's that's hard for all of us. You know. Yes. And so if we can. Be, do everything in moderation like the Bible speaks of, it definitely makes a huge difference. And I, that's something I just got to work on all the time. So that would be, yeah, I struggle with that a little bit. It's like, is the, is the duck hunting in my life too much? It's like, I don't know. It's hard to even talk about because it, it kind of haunts me sometimes. It's like, am I overboard with it all? You know, I mean, I'm trying to build these businesses with it and everything, and I passionately love it. And I'm closer to God when I'm out duck hunting, especially alone than any other place in the world. But it's like, is my model how I've carved around my life too much? I struggle with that sometimes. Yeah. No, I have two. And that's why I kind of brought up <clears throat> talking about um, the time and everything. It's like, if I cut those things out, that would give a lot more time for family. So I, I think, and you've known my struggle the last couple of years is like, am I going to do this anymore? Like I've thought about yeah. stopping doing it and I've cut way back and actually it's made my life way better. It's, it's made yeah. my, my relationship with my wife. I feel like better with the kids better, um, with my stress level, which I don't even like using that word. Cause I don't feel like I'm a type of person that stresses easily, mm -hmm. but it was getting to that point. Um, I think it's just made a lot of things better that I've cut back. And really, it's not changed anything for me. You know what I mean? I still right, right. Hunt, hunt as much, but I haven't worried about making content <clears throat> as much. And it's really made even the hunting more enjoyable, too. You know? Yeah. But it really goes back to what you said. It's like, okay, what would you be doing instead of? Well, I guarantee, right. I already know what I do to do in the past, Elliot. Like you said, I would probably... I can't tell you. I never, ever... And anyone that don't believe this can call my wife and ask her. I never sit around watching movies, ever. Mm -hmm. I used to, though, a lot. Like, I, my daughter's kind of picked up that trait for me. Like, she could sit there and eat popcorn and watch movies for hours. And right. that's not productive at all, right? And I used to do that. I could watch. I just sit around all day and watch. And like you said, if you start your day out like that, then you're not getting anything done. And you don't really have the desire to do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. So but I do. I will say every now and then a day like that is okay. But oh, for you just sure. Can't live in it. And, and I've tried. Like it's funny. Me and Sarah talked about that too. Is like I forced myself. Like okay, I'm off today. It's my first day off. No one's doing anything. We're not going to go nowhere. We're not going to do anything. You guys have been busy. I've been busy at work. Let's just sit around and relax. And I find myself about four hours into that day, like. I could really, I could really fix this in my backyard. I could really do this podcast <laughs> and get ahead. I'm like, okay, yeah. shut it down, just relax. <laughs> right. And I think if I go into those days with that mindset, it's a lot easier to relax than if I just randomly do it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> but I think we beat that one pretty good. Yeah. All right, let's go into the next one. Um, <laughs> I, I, 
let me just say, let me read it. Because when I first read this, I l- almost laughed out loud. But I thought, you know what? That's not fair to the person asking this question. Because this is, <clears throat> this is a good question. So Ethan underscore Johnson thirty two underscore asked, "Is a dog worth the hassle?" And when I read that first, I kind of like laughed out loud and thought, "Well, that's not fair to this person." And I don't mean that disrespectfully by saying I laughed, but. I would have did the same thing. I would ask that same question not long ago and thought, and I thought to myself, is this even worth, like, is this going to be worth it? Do I, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with the dog. That's cool. Dog gets your bird, blah, blah, blah. But I don't want to have to deal with him as a puppy. I don't want to have to feed him every day. If I go on trips, I got to deal with the dog. So I totally get it. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I'll let Elliot talk, 100%. No questions asked. If you put your time into that dog, if if we look at, you won't look at it as a hassle anymore. It will seem like that at first. And looking from the outside in, <clears throat> yes, it does look like a hassle, but I promise you, you will never ever think of that word again. Once you get a dog that is trained and is your companion and your buddy hunting, you will just be blown away. And I guarantee you, if you do right with your dog, you'll never go without one again, ever, as far as a hunting dog. What's what's your thoughts on that, Elliot? Is a dog worth the hassle? Well, I'm trying to think of a good analogy for it, and I don't know if this is a, a good one or not. But if, if you like to golf, I would say that it's somewhat simpler, similar to is it worth it to have a putter with you when you go golfing? Mm. The sport of golf is meant to be played with a putter. It's an integral part to the sport. And I, in my opinion, waterfowl hunting is meant to be done with a dog. It's, it's a facet of it. If you take the dog out of waterfowl hunting and to me personally, now if you hunt without a dog, that's fine. This is just my personal thoughts on it is it's, it, it's meant to be done and accompanied by a dog. Now I have hunted several years in my transition between Izzy to Georgie, I've been on plenty of hunts without a dog and and you can do it, but it's just not the full experience. And you're handicapping yourself, not just from a technical point of view with the way, I mean, you look, you guys, I'm sure watch Titus's videos and you see how Rocky dives into those toolies and every single time comes out with the bird. Mm-hmm. How, how many birds do you think Titus would have lost mm-hmm. without? I mean, those, those big weeds for us, it's cattails for Titus, it's toolies. If you're by yourself in those, you're losing a lot of those birds. You just can't dig them out by yourself. So just on a technical standpoint, a dog is a tool that that without one, you're just handicapped. But from an emotional standpoint, the bond between a man and his dog, and especially a dog that, A, loves being in that environment more than you, is physically more equipped to be in that environment than you that you actually have a social bond with Mm -hmm. the difference of without and with is night and day different. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it is worth every single second. Now, if you just get a dog and it's, you don't care about the breeding and you don't really train it. No, it's not worth it because a dog that a poorly trained dog will wreck your experience. You need to make sure your dog is easy to hunt with. My first dog was not easy to hunt with. It was a dog out of the paper, half lab, half golden retriever. I didn't train it. Its desire was insane. And this dog made my hunting life hell. I still loved having the dog with me. But if you're not going to train your dog properly or take the time to treat your dog properly, then do not get a dog. But um, absolutely, it's worth every 
single second. I cannot imagine just being like, you know what? I'm done with dogs. It, it's a different game without a dog at your mm-hmm. side. <clears throat> yeah. And going back to what you're saying, <clears throat> it, they could ruin your hunt. Um, I've heard those guys in the pond, you know, you hear them yelling at their dog here, here, right. <clears throat> no, mm-hmm. no. Like, I mean, not that we've never corrected our dogs or reprimanded them if they're doing something they're not supposed to do. But like every single retrieve, you hear that one guy yeah. in the pond yeah. screaming at his dog, mm-hmm. not listening. Yeah. And that I couldn't do that. And that's why I think we worked so hard, Elliot, to train our dogs, because that's exactly what we didn't want. You know? Yes. And that's why you use an e-collar. You don't abuse an e-collar, but if a dog's 200 yards away and not listening, mm-hmm. you give all you have to give is a low-level tap on that thing. Just a little tap. And uh, and, once, and once you use one, you don't even have to do that because the dog knows mm-hmm. that you can reach it at 200, 300, 400 yards. The dog knows this over time. So the dog just comes when you call. Let me ask you this. Time. How many times did you even use that e-collar last year, last season? Not much. Not you don't hardly ever use it. Now I, I tried using it because Georgie's a little vocal. So when mallards get um, circling, she does a little whining. Mm-hmm. And I went through a phase of trying to say, um, "Quiet, Nick, quiet," and that just did not work. But I went through a phase of trying that. But other than trying that, almost almost never. You just don't use it once once you get them conditioned to it. Now in training, uh, I use the Nick a little more, especially on training blinds, and you use it a little bit more, but. On actually hunting, very rarely do you yeah. ever use it at all. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think I can think of maybe once last year I even used it. Like, it just it, in hunting, like you said, training is totally different. That's a different beast mm-hmm. there. But um, last year during hunting, last couple years, uh, didn't hardly touch it. It's just, it, it's there if you need it. <laughs> And mm-hmm. very rarely you do, especially now that Rocky's almost six. I mean, you start getting to that age, it's just not. Now, let, that being said, and I just want to tell people listening to this, that I did something stupid uh, two seasons ago. I thought, man, I feel like I knew better than this. I don't know why I did this. Looking back now, it's the dumbest thing ever. But I'm like, man, he's so trained. He's so good. He's so tight. Everything he does, he just does it right. You know what? I'm not even going to put it on him this time. Well, that sorry sucker knew that that wasn't on, and he didn't realize it at first, but it was like, I don't remember how far into the hunt it was after how many retrieves, and it wasn't like he did something crazy bad, but I had no way of dealing with it, Mm -hmm. and it actually turned a little bit of a setback for me. Um, Like, just for instance, like, okay, if he jumps on the stand... And normally what his reaction is, he jumps on the stand, he sits. I take the bird out of his mouth or whatever. He would like not sit. I could take mm-hmm. you to the place it was. And I said, sit. He would not sit. I pushed his rear down. He was fighting me. Like literally. Now that you could say, well, that's not really a neat color thing. Yeah. But I needed that next step, which I never needed before. But I had to break that will right there. I mean, like he was, I, I don't know what got into him. I don't know if it was a male thing that was, he was like four at that time. And I mean, I pretty much had to beat his hind end down till he finally sat. I don't know what the deal, cause he was on his dog stand. It wasn't like I was trying to make him sit in the briar patch. Right. And then when I broke the, that will finally got him to sit, it was like, you know what? I just, 
I don't know. I don't think I would have even ever used that to make him sit, but if he was being that stubborn, I think it would have broke the will a little bit quicker. And that's not the greatest analogy for that situation, but I'm just using that as an example. Um, my bigger thing, I think more than anything in, than that situation right there is there was a time when Rocky was making this retrieve and this bird was wounded. And we, we didn't get to put another shot into it before it took off was in the river and he, and it was a big part of the river and he was so far out. He couldn't even hear me anymore. And I was freaking out thinking that he's going to drown, you know, and he was so far away out of your shot. If I, I wouldn't have probably shocked him, but I would have did the beeping thing because that beeping, I've got him trained to where if he hears that beep on his e-collar, he'll come back immediately, no matter what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And that, that could have been tragic. I mean, he, I could have lost him honestly that day. I mean, luckily he gave up and got so tired. He was, I think, I mean, you could ask my brother, he was every bit of 300 plus yards away. It was, it was kind of scary to be honest with you. So I think right. um, at that time, I don't even know if my e-caller was, I think it was dead. It was on him, but it just wasn't working. So that, that was something I like, I'm never letting that happen again. You know, got to make sure yeah. that things charged every time. Yeah. And let, for those of you that are not familiar with e-callers, when you correct a dog with an e-collar, you're not just holding it down and frying them. Mm-mm. You have a setting. So my e-collar, I use a sport dog 1225, and it's got one through seven. And then within those each, so on one, it's got high, low, medium. So it actually has 21 different levels you can use. And so if, if Georgie is out in the backyard or whatever, and, and she's not listening, I've got her on her, I'm going to have it on a two or a three, and I'm just going to tap it. And to give you some reference, if I have a two, even almost a three, I'm not quite sure about a three. Three might be pushing a little bit, but a two, you can hold it in your hand and set it off on your hand and it doesn't even hurt. Yeah. So a lot of times, like Georgie lives on a three. Now she's really spazzed up. I'll get her up to a five, which you wouldn't want to hold a five in your hand. But a three is just, it's not, it's not what people think it is. You're not frying a dog. It's like literally it's, I use a continuous nick, which means as long as you hold the button down, they're getting the stimulus on their neck and mine's basically like tap. That's what it is. And, uh, there's times where I'm using a one with, I'm using a two. And like I said, you can literally hold that in your hand and press it with a two and it's no big deal. You can feel it, but it's not, it's not killing. And if you go up to a seven, it's going to pound you hard. But, um, so when you're giving dog simulation, if you're not, if you're not using e-collar, you're not frying them. And most of the times you're not even you're not even hurt hurting them on those lower levels. So people don't just, I think a lot of times don't understand that you're not just laying into them and electrocuting mm-hmm. them. That's not, that's not the situation. I mean, there are some times if they don't listen, they get stubborn, you get a little higher level stuff. Um, or, you know, if you're out training in the park and a rabbit takes off and your dog is chasing that rabbit right. towards the street, right? you might crank that thing up to a seven to make sure they're not around the street. But um, it's, it's very, it's, it's not an inhumane, process it's low it's low level stimulus 99 percent of the time <clears throat> yeah what what color do you use i like the sport dog but what brand yeah do you sport use? dog 1225 okay yeah yeah no actually yeah, I think, three fourths of a mile is the distance on it which is everything you need it's got 21 different different levels it's it's great yeah because you you're doing those long blinds now so you need the one that reaches out there quite a ways yeah i mean i'm doing blinds up to Two three hundred yards. I'll see the one we did yesterday was one seventy five. So we've probably gone to two fifty on blinds before. Yeah. See, I I had the tw- I started with the twelve twenty five, and I think after like four or five years, that kind of I busted it. it. Got smashed somehow in my blind bag or something. Uh-huh. 
So I ended up buying the Ford 25, and that actually is pretty nice because right. it's pretty small, and the remote's smaller too. Yeah. And so I really like that one. And that's too. a half mile, I think. That and yeah, how many yards is a half mile? A mile is what twelve hundred and some yards, sixteen, fourteen. How many yards is a mile? I should know that. That is, it's somewhere around there. It's between twelve and sixteen hundred. Yeah. Yards. So if you're doing four hundred, I mean the, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, for what I do, the four twenty five would be. Is it the four twenty five or four thirty five? I can't. Remember. Mine's the four twenty five. Four twenty five. I mean, half miles a long ways. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a long way. <laughs> oh, it's plenty. Now, I will say the. <laughs> The, as you get to those bigger ones, a seven on like the twelve twenty five is more stimulus than the seven on a four twenty five. Right. So one, uh, were you asking feet or yards? Because one mile yards. is how many seventeen sixty yards. So or? yeah, yards. Okay. So one I mean mile. a half mile. Come on. Yeah. So let's do half a mile. That's point five. It's like eight hundred. Yeah, eight eighty. Yeah. You're never and even I'm, gonna. No. Yeah. No. If your dog, if my dog's out 800 yards, I, I'm going to be freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I will say that Georgie went on a retrieve one time where it was so far, and Aiden walked out about four or 500 yards because the water was pretty shallow. And I've got this on video. I was about ready to use e collar to, to get her back yeah. because it was so far away that she was just this little speck. Um, and I'm really glad it, it might have been. I doubt. I still doubt that would have been a half mile, but it was so far away that I'm glad that I had an e collar that, and I didn't use it. And she actually got the bird. She dove all the way. She emerged her entire body to get this bird out wow. there. <laughs> um, it was an awesome retreat, but it was so far away that I'm glad that I had an e collar that I could trust at that distance. If I had used, I was about ready to, because I didn't think she could hear me blowing the whistle or anything at that distance. Yeah. So I was glad I had an e collar that if I wanted to use it could have been gone that far because it was we were it was freezing cold out and she was so far out there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 beneficial. So I guess <clears throat> saying all that, yes, dog, you won't even look at it as a hassle. It will be one at first, but man, as soon as you get that puppy in your hands and you're, yep. you know, it's just kind of, that stuff kind of goes out the window. I mean, even if you're not a dog person, right. If you get a puppy, right. You'll, you'll be like, like Aiden's not a dog person. He wasn't sure if he got a dog and now he's just in love yeah. with his one year. They almost are more than dog lovers. You know, it seems yeah. like it's kind of funny, but <clears throat> all right, let's move on. This is a good one from Oliveira 96. He said, uh, What's your main focus or goal this coming duck season? Hmm. You want to go first? Let me go first. Go ahead. All right. Well, my dad is 80 now. And um, if you watch my channel, he's been a big part of my channel starting in 2015. But um, he's got Parkinson's now. And so hunting for him, he put down the shotgun last year and just can't get out very much anymore he just he just really really can't it's been very difficult for him giving up his hunting um you know my mom said they were at cabela's doing something and he's just kind of like i feel like my life's over i mean he's beginning as big in a duck hunting as i am and he just physically he physically can't do it and a few years ago we got a boat blind put on our 1852 well-built boat specifically for like i told him hey if you want to keep being on duck hunts, we need to get a boat blind. And neither of us are boat blind guys, but it's like if you want to go on some duck hunts for you know for a long period of time, we need to do this so that you can do it. And we went in and did it. We don't use it that much, 
but this year I, we've got three trips scheduled. Um, one out to Nebraska, one out to Western Kansas, two actually to, to Nebraska, where it's specifically like, I know these are places we can use the boat blind. We're going to have to get Airbnb. So he's got three trips in his mind to be looking forward to. Now he's, is he going to pick up a gun? I don't, I, I doubt it. It's, really? I mean, if we limited out and they were coasting in the decoys, I'm sure we'd put a gun in his hand. Um, but the whole point is he wants duck hunting to still be in his life. Mm -hmm. So now we've got these three big trips planned. He's all excited about, I'm excited about having him there. And so that's kind of where my mind has been. Like we're actually already reserving Airbnbs. We're talking about it. So my focus right now is making sure that he still gets those duck hunting experiences at 80 and in his life. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that. Wow. That's that's kind of makes me feel bad for your dad too, to hear that, yeah. you know, like that's, that's such a sad thing. Like, I mean, it comes to all of us. Right. But like, yeah, <clears throat> when you're hearing it come out out from someone's mouth and like, and that just kind of breaks your heart a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause but I'm just your, so glad he's still going to be in the boat with us. Exactly. How, how old did you say it was again? 80? He's 80. Yeah. He's 80. Okay. Yeah. See my, my, my grandparents are all gone, but uh, my pastor, he's 89. He's pretty much, I feel like he has my, one of my grandpas, you know, mm -hmm. he's been a big mentor to me as a man, mm -hmm. as, uh, as a Christian, as a father, as an outdoorsman, like he's been a big part of my life. And, uh, he's 89 and he's led the same way. Like he goes and goes. And he told me the other day, he said, yeah, it, my mind is strong enough. It's there. It has all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the experience, but my body is not letting me literally do it. And I said, man, how frustrating. It, that's why I said, I go, how is that? How does that make you feel? And he's like, very, very frustrated. Like, because you know how people are, Elliot, sometimes they treat older people like they're almost like their babies or little right. kids. And I, I always hated that. Like I try never to, it's so disrespectful. And I don't think people are doing it out of disrespect. I think they're just trying to be gentle but I could see how it kind of comes across that way, you know, like, hey, my brain is ain't changed. If anything, it's well beyond the wisdom and knowledge. I've got all this experience, but my body just isn't function. Yeah. yeah it's like, man, what a this makes me bummed out for him because there's like your dad or <clears throat> my pastor is such a big part of our lives. And you're like to see that coming to that point is just kind of just makes you a little bit bummed out a little sad yeah but. no no doubt i mean my entire hunting life has just been my dad and i until right. 2015 my whole hunting life was basically my dad and i yeah. so i mean we were a we were a two-man show um and so you know it, it, yeah it's a uh, it's something you just have to go through in life but he's still out there he's still kicking so he's gonna be with us a bunch so it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be good yeah that's good you're you're uh Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. 
At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Your main focus sounds a lot nicer and better than mine. <laughs> well, I've got My, some selfish focuses, too. Well, let's hear those before I start telling mine. <laughs> well, I mean, Kansas is saying we can't film anymore. So I'm, I've got to I'm figuring out how to work around that and what, what how I'm going to still be able to strive towards um, my goals because my ultimate goal is um, I want to go full time with waterfowl stuff and i've got a lot of things going two podcasts youtube channel um i've got other probably going to start a, a flatlander kennel youtube channel so it's like i've got a lot of things going on and i'm working towards one singular goal and that's more freedom in my life and being my own boss i don't want to be i don't want to boss anymore and so that every season is wrapped around that now i mean that doesn't change my love and desire to just the hunting itself but you know, and I've got this app and everything. So it's like my singular goal is to continue to do what I need to do to have freedom in my life, to hunt the way I want, to be my own boss, to not be on anyone else's schedule. So that I mean that's about as selfish as you get, though. So <laughs> there we go. Uh, sounds like a good plan to me. <laughs> I'm working hard at it, and I, I'm hoping I can see the goal come close. But you never know. It's it's hard. It's hard. I mean, you know, I mean, views. We both of us have done millions of views on our channels. It yeah. is so hard to be able to get to the point where you it can be a full-time thing it is so ridiculous it's way harder than you I think feel, it would be. I, yeah and i feel like you gotta cave to the how do i say this I, what that part the first part is exactly what i'm trying to say but i'm trying to put this in a proper word you gotta kind of cave to the mindset of youtube Mm-hmm. to i feel like just for that one platform to do that um and we've seen some people we've seen several people on youtube that have done that to get where they are and i don't think neither one of us are willing to do that like just play those stupid games i guess is what i'm trying to be respectful in some ways and not be too so hard. before before you go on let me get, i talked to jake from chasing green you know him mm-hmm. And I talked to him about this very thing. And he kind of changed my thinking a little bit about this, Titus. He said, because I have done things with my channel as far as change the way I do things that I wish I hadn't done to try to appease the algorithm. Yeah. Because I had a thing going the first three, four years. And I just, I don't want to get into the specifics of how I was filming, but I tried to, I tried to succumb to the algorithm. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, it kind of worked a little bit. But what Jake was saying to me and it really encouraged to me is like the way I was doing things before the people who were watching me at that time were very, very, very loyal to me. Mm-hmm. And what you in, in his idea is you're better to have fewer numbers, but people that, that love, love your content than bigger numbers of casual people that aren't even going to really subscribe and they don't, they're not doing anything for you. They're just, they're, they just wanted you to get to the kills quick, and that's all that they really wanted to see versus developing storylines, doing it like the way you want to do it, where the people that come with you on the journey are way more loyal to you 
than getting 100,000 views, but the people aren't loyal to you at all. They're just there the algorithm crowd. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Oh, and it yeah, kind of totally. like kind of made sense to me. It's like I've spent too much time trying to hit that algorithm when I should have been more kind of sticking with my original just like I don't mind if I get, if I take 8 minutes to get to the kill shots. Where right. the, the YouTube algorithm does not like that. Mm-hmm. And and I don't show my skunk hunts anymore. And I've gotten multiple messages like, man, I loved your channel so much more when you were showing the skunks because then it just made you more real. And right. I like seeing that. And I specifically went away from that for the algorithm. But I when did I too. did that, I kind of alienated my base. Yeah. So I almost think we've been looking at it a little bit long. I think it was really wise advice that Jake gave to me. Yeah. It changed my thinking a little bit on it. Anyway. No, I agree with you on that. Um <sighs> That's the thing, though. I think part of that makes us question that, and that's a good response, and I've thought about that before. The only thing is, is we're questioning ourselves, was it worth the time? You know, like, okay, was it worth the time to make that video and put myself under that pressure? Because I think I kind of go both ways with that mindset. Like, I totally agree with what he's saying, but at the same time, if I'm taking all that stuff with me on every single hunt, then I'm putting all that pressure on myself, even when it's dead. So you're still trying to put stuff together. You're still hitting the record button. You're still changing batteries out on your GoPro. You're still vlogging stuff. And you're for what though, for a couple thousand views, like you, you put yourself on and that. This is for me speaking. That's kind of why I mm-hmm. got away from it. It wasn't necessarily the views. It was just like, I'm just pressure, pressure, pressure all the time. Like gotta, gotta do this, gotta do that. Gotta be, you know, right. and it was just like, man, it was taken away from me, especially on the dead ones. You know, like, why am I doing this to myself? Because that's a totally different, I'm kind of going a different way than you are with it. But like, why am I doing this to myself? If it doesn't make that pressure on you, more power to you to do it on the dead hunts. But like, if it does, then you just save your energy and save your your stress levels, you know. Yeah, but not even the dead hunts. Like, if you love making B-roll because you're really good at mm-hmm. it, but you felt like it didn't really give you the more views, but maybe your core audience still loved it. Maybe that yeah. group of four or 5,000 people just are love, love Titus because of those things. You know, that, yeah. More that than like the dead. It's like making videos the way that you want to and not succumbing just to the algorithm because maybe the algorithm and all those views are right shallow hollow they're hollow views yeah versus views of people that are really really into titus and what titus is doing Mm -hmm. yeah because here's the thing too that being said you can go get a bunch of subscribers and build like one video you can just get a bunch of them but my question is is how many of those actually stick i guarantee you a lot of them don't you know they get an emotional yeah. high off some great video that, like you said, gets 100,000, 200,000 views. But six months down the road, they're like, I don't, I don't care about this guy. Like, I don't know him, blah, blah, blah. But you, like you said, you get the core people. Yeah. It don't matter what you put out, you know. You're right. getting, you're getting and, the support. Yeah. and I, Yes, exactly. <clears throat> I would say, you know, for my main focus this duck season um, a little more of family to be on the nicer, less selfish side first. excuse me like i know violet vivian don't care too much my oldest one she's 14 but violet's at that age she's 11 she'll be 12 in september 
She got her first deck last year. I cannot wait to put that video out. And she's been begging to come on the podcast. So Violet's going to, I'm going to, we're going to come on and talk about that hunt and stuff. And I'm trying to decide if I want to do that before we watch it or after I post it. I can't decide because I think I might do it before because maybe it will create some more anticipation for when the video actually drops. And I, it seems like when I've done that before, like <clears throat> well, I've put, like I do a lot of uh, recap podcasts about hunts. And I've done them before, um, the last couple of years before the video came out. And it seemed like the people had a tighter bond to that video once it came out because they listened to it first. Mm -hmm. So, because I wonder, like, is this going to kill the video if I talk about it now? But it didn't seem to because I've got comments in the video like, man, I couldn't wait till you dropped this after that podcast. And it was as good as I thought it was going to be or whatever. So I'm like, hmm. Maybe that's something I need to do more because I was always trying to wait to drop those recap video uh, podcast episodes till after the video comes out. But I'm like, I wonder if that might be a better approach. I might try that some more this year. But well, and I'd say it's more fun to read a book before seeing a movie. I've always felt like that. I don't that want. True. I don't want to see a movie then read a book because it's already in your mind the visuals. Yep. I like to read the book then. So maybe maybe you're onto something. That's true. That yeah, think about that. Maybe let that roll around your head. See what that what you think but uh with violet will definitely be going with me more she's i just know i'm not going to be able to get out of the house without her a lot of times you know and i'm not not saying i want to i'm just saying like you know when it's taking a younger kid you just got to be more careful you can't do as many things and it's a a handicap yeah and it's cold and you might be limited on time and so she's pretty tough. So we'll see. I think we're definitely going to, you're going to see Violet more on these hunts. And uh, man, she handled that 28 gauge so good. I couldn't believe it. It's just nice. really, really good. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not saying like she's going to go on three quarters of the hunts or even half, but I definitely think I'm going to try to get her out during the regular season, you know, two, three, four times maybe. And then for sure right. on the junior hunt. And I'm sure that will just increase every year she gets older as long as she's interested. So, how old is she? She's 11. Okay, great. But uh, she's pretty athletic and pretty outgoing and high energy, <laughs> for sure. That's good for videos. Yeah, it is. She's she can be an entertainer sometimes. So, uh, other than that, on the other side, my main focus for the stuck season. I you know what funny I I know I'm personal friends with the person that asked this. Um. Like, we don't hang out very often, but we see each other at the refuges and stuff like that. We talk every once in a while. But I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it, honestly. Um, I did have a goal last year, and I don't really like to mention that just because it sounds kind of, it might not sound like the greatest goal to some people. So I don't really want to say what it was, but I did. Fortunately, I did complete it, and I was glad I did. Now that's, I'm moving on from that. Um, But this year, I think I'm kind of back to maybe trying some new places is I would say that's something that's been washing around in my head a little bit. Like I'm really thinking hard about going to Utah um, Mm. and possibly Nevada. Last year, that goal was just to, I've been building up this basically stack of Onyx pins for the last three years and kind of paying the price, right? Having a lot of skunk tons having some bad hunts, which is what it whoa, takes. Whoa, 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 sir. Hold on. Your <laughs> average was over five birds per hunt. You did not have a no, lot no, of no. hunts. No, no, no. No, no. Not last Not last year. No, I'm saying. <laughs> two years in a row, you've been over five. No. Come on. Not yes, two years. We, yes, we checked it. Two years. You have not been having a lot of skunk hunts. 
No, I was not no five. Yeah. Yes, you were. Two, two years, years ago? Row. Yeah, two years in a row. We yes, go look. I thought you're I was not like getting three. to five and I, you're not getting to five average with a lot of skunk hunts, sir. <laughs> well, and let me rephrase. I thought you were actually going to correct me on something else. Bad hunts. That's not, no, no hunt is a bad hunt. That means, eh. well, what I mean by that is, <laughs> what I mean by that is if you want to be negative, then you can say, yeah, it's a bad, a bad hunt's a bad hunt. <laughs> if you want to be positive, what I try to say is, and I'm working on that myself to be positive, right? You, you learn something on every single hunt you go on. Is it not true? Yeah, you learn like either I'm not going back here again or you learn like, okay, I was here and I didn't do good here. But as I'm sitting here across the way or six ponds over or on the other side of the lake, I seen birds dropping in and boom, you got another spot. So I would say you you gather data. You gather data every single hunt. So what what I was trying to say. (laughs) <laughs> before you were saying my average <laughs> those three or four years prior I'm not saying I had it was just terrible all the time what I was saying is I was building up these new places new locations new states where I was building up these really good spots so last year was the year that I was like okay all I'm do- I'm not learning nothing new I'm not trying nothing new I'm going to everywhere that I've been working on for the last three or four years Right. To just see how good I could really do, you know, but learning new places is exhausting. It is. <laughs> no, it is. And I spent, like I said, a long time, quite a bit of time doing that. So this year I'm going to kind of go back to that again, um, try to go to some other states. And I really would like to dip in Nevada. Um, I mean, I'm not that far from it. I'm a pretty close drive. Honestly, I could get there in four hours. So I thought about it might be too late. I was going to put him for the swan with Matt, but he already did it. So I'm thinking it might be up, might be too late. I don't know. But not just that, because um, to me, a swan deal would be like a one and done. I don't think I would do it more, no more than once. Like, what are you going to what are you going to do with it? Right. Like uh, me personally. But um, I think there's some really neat environments there to hunt in that are different. You know, just that desert looking type of landscape, you know, so. Yeah, something I want to try. Got lots of things on the list, so that that's. I've got your stats pulled up right here. Oh, here we go. You had last two years. Ah, this is the last two years. But don't put those two years together, though. Okay, hold on. Let me refilter it now. Let me remind you guys: when I go in and look at Titus's stats, I cannot see any of his hunt locations, and he has granted me permission to. I sent him an email invite, and and he granted me permission to look at his stats. So, um, it's I can never ever see where he's where he's hunting all right so let's go to the do you even see the names elliot no really okay mm-hmm. i kind of no, that was I, one, thing one thing i wondered like, i was like no "Ooh, i better be careful how i put this in there no one i can't even go in as the owner of the site i can't even go i wouldn't have any clue how to go in and find anyone's okay. names even on okay you were 3.1 two years see ago. i told you which is a great year That's oh a great year, no it, yeah, you were 3.1 it is a good year. It is a good year, but I'm just saying, like, I was like, no way, because I can think of a lot of hunts on that year. Last year was something's a messed up. Hold on, something's messed up because that says 309 hunts. Let me resort that. That can't. Oh, that be ain't right. that ain't right then. 21, 22. I'm gonna have to talk to the developer. Something's there's some little bug there because you don't. Oh, hold on. I was looking at that's all. That's the entire Flyways Collective. All right, hold on. I'm sorry because this is the Flyways Collective group, so I wasn't looking at yours. Oh, okay. You were 4.8. Two years ago, 33 hunts, 161. 
Zero loss. Gosh, you don't do not that, lose birds. But I did last year though. I what, did last one? year. No. <laughs> I think let me go look. I think three or four. Gosh, I'm so careful and I just lose more birds than what I want to lose. I'm so careful in my shot selection. So you lost, well, actually you lost uh Six, five last five, year. okay. Yeah. I was oh I was so mad, That's Elliot, too, because the year before, you know, you're like, I can't believe that. And I was like, I can't either. And then last year it was like, and it wasn't Rocky's fault. It really wasn't. It was just it was like one of those things like you hit one good and then you see it go way, way down way over there. And I hate that because like you said, you take the shots that you know you can do. And then that happens. You just make a poor shot. It has nothing to do with distance. It's like, okay, I made a poor shot. And then they go down over there. You take the dog over there and you weren't really exactly sure what patch they went to. It's just like, uh, I don't remember. I wish I could remember this. And I, I should have put notes in there when I do lose one. Why, how it got lost. The more data that you put in, the better. That's for sure. Did I lose him? I think I did. Got real quiet there. Well, we're about to end this episode anyways, everybody. Can you hear me? Oh, I know what happened. My wife started her car and it connected to her Bluetooth. Hello. You know what happened? My what? wife started, I forgot, I disconnected my phone from her car, but I reconnected the other day, and so she started and took <laughs> off, and it jumped onto hers. She hung up on you, not She was me. hearing me. She yeah. was hearing me. Yep. <laughs> Probably freaked her out for a second. Yeah. But anyways... I, I, you didn't miss much of what I was saying, but I was saying we're pretty much probably wrapped up at this one. We've already hit the hour mark. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, we didn't, we only got into three. I guess I should have, yeah, well, I guess I should have moved a little faster. It seemed like it was a good conversation. No, I don't though. think so. I don't think so. Yeah, so. I like when I go into, into a conversation with podcasts, when I'm listening to them and when I'm doing them, I, I hate to cut things short. Yeah. I just want to talk about things until we're done talking about things, especially yeah. when I talk to, people like you it's it's like it's more fun just to talk and whatever yeah. it's it's more it's more fluid it's more natural it's more fun yeah not to be so regimented huh right well let me say that i should have said this at the beginning of the episode on the next one i'll make sure i say it but you guys so we're doing basically a marathon um we're gonna do four hours and so we're bouncing back between my podcast and Elliot's podcast so make sure to check out the north american waterfowler because we're recording all this in the same day we're just breaking it up between mine and his. So the next one you hear on the MVM show, this second one will be just continuing conversation going on, but go check his podcast out. Great. I would say if you're a waterfowler and I think most everybody that listens to this is for the majority, you will really like his content because he pretty much keeps it at that. I kind of bounce around and I know not everybody's interested in some of the other topics I talk about, but Go over there, and if you want to add a great podcast and learn a lot, because I know a lot of you, a lot of you too, are newer, and if you're really wanting to learn some dynamic gold material from someone that knows what they're doing and been doing it a long time, you definitely need to go to Elliot's podcast. So, go check that out. Thanks, Elliot, for being on this one, and and then uh, you guys go check out his. Also, if you want to hear our continued conversation, you got to go to his because the next one is going to be on his. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you guys on the next one.